0: Boost contains adult themes and language. Listener beware. Welcome to another episode of Boozed where we get supernatural and shit faced. I am Camille. And this is Sydney. (laughs) We're almost getting better at that.
1: Almost. We're so close.
0: So close. You know, I feel like in another year we'll have it down. I never have to like introduce myself. Is that is that does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like you're not in social situations where people don't know you. The people know who I am when I get there. Ooh, okay. You are internationally known, worldwide, (laughs) Mrs. Worldwide. Okay.
1: (laughs) So now I'm married to
0: what's his name? Pitbull. I don't like that. Mr. Worldwide, Miami. I don't like that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, you can just be Miss Worldwide, and then y'all are like sister and we're brother. Still, we're still related. Miss Cousins? Third Cousins?
1: I'm in the Worldwide
0: family. You're in the Worldwide family. Twice removed. How are you doing this evening, Sydney? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm
1: uh, 100% doing average this oh. evening. Okay. So this has been a very average day.
0: Uh I mean that can be good, right? Yeah. No? I don't know, that face you just made <laughs> is not very Yeah. Average is fine. Okay. You sound very confident in that. Average is fine.
1: There's there's you know, there's days below average. So this is true. We have to keep that in mind.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: This okay. isn't a below average day, it's just an average day.
0: I feel like last time we talked was the day before the der- the election. It was, wasn't it? It was the day before the election and so we recorded the day before the election uh, the election. The episode didn't come out until like a week later, which is when we actually kind of knew somewhat the results of the election. Yeah. And we had done this, like, what is our message to the people in the case of? And when I was listening to it and editing it, it was like so damn depressing that I just deleted the whole, I whole thing. I noticed
1: that it was all gone.
0: It was all gone. Like, even our positive message. didn't. Even the cheerful sense. message that I, yeah. like, had and was totally the one that worked. <laughs> because it didn't make sense within the context of, like, my message was just all straight depressing. Yeah,
1: your message and was so, like, we lost. <laughs> and so I'm already here to tell you a day before, we lost. <laughs> we lost. <laughs>
0: that was Camille's is is.
1: stance that day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was not optimistic at all. No, you weren't. Um, no, you weren't. You were like, you did both. You did a good message and a bad message. But like, again, I couldn't play your good mas- message on its own because nah. it had no, it made no sense out of context yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So... So I was hoping, like this week, we would be feeling a little better in a little better place. I don't, but not really.
1: Okay. I'll feel better, so it actually makes sense that we didn't use any of it because you would think a week after Trump lost, we wouldn't still have any. You know, Joe Biden wouldn't have to get declared president every single day for a week, for two weeks. It's like the nineteenth time they've said <laughs> he would.
0: Yeah, Joe Biden has now been announced president 82 times. He's exhausted. It is. But at least every time he's winning, right? He would love
1: to be able to get to work, but he
0: can't. And that's why we're all still stressed. So, you know, it is. It's what's its. That's where we are. At least we're like there with a positive tilt towards like. Is there a positive tilt? I think there's a positive tilt. I mean. Granted, we make it through the next 60 days. 60 days is two months. Well, listen, I can't. I can't be any more optimistic than that. I just wanted to see how. Yeah, I know.
1: I wanted to see what your like ceiling of optimism was.
0: You have hit my ceiling of optimism. I'm like, it could be okay.
1: You don't even sound like believable when you say that. (laughs) I'm I'm taking on the role of pessimist. Because, but the realist has to then turn into an optimist to
0: save the pessimist and bring them up to realism. See how that works? Yes. That's how we meet in the middle. You being a pessimist, me being a realist equals one of us being somewhat of an optimist. You, the realist. I'm the realist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It's like the one and only time a realist is the optimist. Yes. Okay. I accept that. That's fine. There you go. Yeah. How How are you tonight? I am okay tonight. I had a very interesting couple of days. Oh. Uh, I think I had a little, a little mini mental breakdown Tuesday night. Uh-oh. And it resulted in me texting a couple of people that I probably shouldn't have... Uh oh. And while the outcome was mostly positive, mm-hmm. uh, probably something I shouldn't have done while like crying at midnight, <laughs> while super stressed out in like this mode of anxiety, panic attack. Mm. So, but again, turned out, it it led to some conversations that needed to be had and not necessarily a hundred percent resolution, but enough resolution to allow me to move forward with my life. <laughs> so
1: that, that is what good. it is.
0: That sounds good. You know, I it's if some things had to be said and if anything else, it's taught me that saying things, In the present moment, with a few caveats, of course, is the best course of action instead of just holding on to thoughts and emotions until they come out in a panic attack. So, you know, that is probably or or until it's too late. So, right, healthy habits is what I get here. No, I, I have to agree. And I wasn't even drunk. that's the worst part. I sent these texts fully sober. I did not think you were drunk. however my however my <laughs> however, my emotional state was questionable, so well,
1: sometimes we can be intoxicated with emotions mm. mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. very that, wise. that does happen. We do send yes, texts that um <laughs> Well, they got sent. Uh-huh.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it was like press send, instant regret. Mm-hmm. All the regrets, all of the regrets, all the regrets. <laughs> so, anyway, Sydney, what are you drinking this evening? Um. Well, guess who's got regular sized glasses again? Oh, I didn't even notice earlier. Look at your it's fancy me. pants. What? These are like. 10 bucks down at the target okay they were on sale 10 for four four for 10
1: i got four of them in a box they were ten dollars and uh the other ones were the same price but they were gigantic they were this big who needs a wine glass that big someone with giant hands and is a huge alcoholic that's who but I got my regular size and I'm drinking I'm I'm still on my white wine <clears throat> train. I was gonna get tequila. Okay. I was gonna get tequila because I thought Camille would be getting tequila. God, but she no, didn't. Why would
0: you think that?
1: After thought, last time? I thought we were on a I thought we were having fun that
0: night. No, you were <laughs> having fun antagonizing me. I was not having a good time at the end. You needed to stand up. And do you keep saying you keep saying that? And I did, you did that, and it that didn't. didn't, text, didn't no, you? because you also kept antagonizing ah. me that I wasn't drunk enough. So, <laughs> which ended in me taking more shots than I should have, which ended up in me feeling like shit and feeling like I was going to vomit. That's fine. Whatever. What are you, you drinking know.
1: tonight, Camille? Since you're not drinking tequila, because you know. Yeah. But no, I did.
0: So I did buy some margarita mix. So I was considering doing some tequila with the margarita mix. I felt would have been a little safer, but uh, I just wanted to go with what I know, because according to you, the tequila didn't make me seem drunk enough. Um, and I know that whiskey usually does the job. So I did a well, my glass is empty now. but Oh, is it time for a refresher? It is not, and let me tell you why. I've had about four drinks already. She says we don't know
1: because she didn't go live, so none of us, including me, listeners, can verify that that's true. No,
0: don't don't talk to them. You talk to me. Don't talk to them. They don't know. Okay, and neither do you.
1: Exactly. None that's what I'm know. arguing. We don't know.
0: <laughs> what you saw me post on Instagram was my second drink. Okay. What you saw me drinking at the beginning of this recording was technically my third and fourth drink because I doubled it in this class. Mm -hmm. I have had four drinks, minimum four drinks. And what I've drank is a mixture of non-alcoholic ginger beer from Stali and wild turkey, honey, whiskey. I can't say Stali without saying Bali and Stali darling, Sweetie darling, Sweetie darling. Bali, Stally, darling. Do you want some Bali, Stally, darling? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, you don't, because you don't watch British comedy. Because that is, a Bali and Stally is the preferred drink of Adina and Patsy mm-hmm. from Absolutely Fabulous. So anytime I think of Stally, I think of Absolutely Fabulous. And I think of Patsy and Adina, which makes me want to say Sweetie, darling. Sweetie, darling. Stally, Bali, sweetie. was impressed with her
1: anyway, Sweetie? Darling. Who's impressed with you? Darling. Sweetie, 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 darling. You don't mind me calling it that do you sweetie okay me. so camille what
0: are we going to be talking about this evening all right so you have seemed, as of late to have uh been very much over a whole ghost story you have made some pointed request <laughs> <laughs> for there to be talk of aliens or other paranormal entities
1: There's, there's, yeah, I just wanted it to be clear that there are other outlets. I feel like representation matters and we want to make sure that um, all
0: the supernatural realm is being discussed and considered. Valid. Very valid. So in that vein, tonight I am going to present a story of an alien abduction. Mm Ooh. Not any alien abduction. Oh, abduction? Abduction. That's the word. Abduction. Hmm. Abduction? Abduction. Abduction. (laughs) One of those. One of those. Abduction. Abduction. Still sounds weird. Mm -hmm. Not any alien abduction, but the alien abduction. Have you heard of Betty and Barney Hill? I don't, I've, I've heard, but I don't think I've actually heard the story. Okay. Well, here is your opportunity to hear the story. All right. Because I am bringing you the story of perhaps one of the most famous or infamous alien abduction. Oh, my God. Why can't I say this word? Abduction. Abductions. Abductions. <laughs> yes. Alien encounters. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the most famous alien encounters, the story of a Betty and Barney Hill. Picture it, New Hampshire, White Mountains, <laughs> September 19th, 1961. Married couple, Betty and Barney Hill... Which, if you're familiar with the Flintstones, I was gonna
1: ask. I didn't know whether it would have been.
0: A pr- I was like, I don't want to break up the story, but like the fact that it's Betty and Barney is just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Betty and Barney <laughs> Hill, not yeah. What were oh Rubble? Rubble was their last name. Rubble, yeah. Bam Bam. Rubble and Bam Bam. Uh, no, that was wait. Bam Bam, Bam was their son. What was the Flintstones daughter's name? Pebbles. That's what Pebbles. It was, Pebbles. Okay. Pebbles and Bam Bam. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, so Betty and Barney Rubble. No. This is Betty and Barney Hill, H-I-L-L, are driving home from an impromptu vacation down the dark and windy roads when they spot a light in the distance. At first, the light was dismissed as a shooting star, falling star, or a satellite that had lost its way. But something about its movement across the sky seemed off. And when the light started to appear to grow in size and move more erratically, Betty encouraged her husband to pull over in order to observe the light through their binoculars. Betty and Barney Hill would arrive home a little after dawn on September 20th, with dirt, tears, and scuff marks on their clothing, broken watches, and a broken set of binoculars, and a story that would change popular culture forever. Woo!
1: Sorry, I know it was about aliens and I did a ghost sound. No, that's funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Betty and Barney Hill were a fairly average couple. Barney was nearly 40 at the time of this story and worked at the post office. Betty was about 42 and worked as a social worker. They had been married for about a year and a half And after many busy months working and participating in church and civil rights movement activities, they were active in the local Unitarian congregations and they were both members of the NAACP. They were community leaders, and Barney sat on the local board of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. All very important points. But after many months of work, the Hills decided a little vacation, uh, a postponed honeymoon, if you will, away to Niagara Falls was a good idea. Now, it is important to note a very distinct thing about the hills, and that is that they were an interracial couple. at the time when Miss Segenation, I think I said that wrong. Miscegenation laws were still in place in many parts of the United States. In fact, interracial marriage would still largely be considered illegal until, until, I'm slurring so much. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> in fact, interracial marriage would still largely be considered illegal until June 12th, 1967, when the Supreme Court issued a unanimous decision in the Loving versus Virginia case.
1: Oh yeah, yes. So,
0: if you're not familiar with the Loving versus Virginia case, go see a fucking play that I starred in in February. Um Yeah,
1: go see the play.
0: The past February 2020 and go see a play called Loving and Loving.
1: You should really do Uh, that. It was very good. Oh, well, thank you. Uh,
0: So, its decision struck down Virginia's anti miscegenation law and ended all race based legal restrictions on marriage in the United States. Now, if you're interested in some, I thought with some very eye-opening facts about miscegenation in the United States, I would suggest, one of the few times I would suggest going to Wikipedia and reading the Wikipedia article about miscegenation. Now, technically, miscegenation is a pejorative term. It's not a best term. It refers to interracial marriage, but when you go to the Wikipedia page, it gives, like, all of these... I will... I will consider them facts. I know it's Wikipedia, so take that with a grain of salt. But it gives all of these details about, like, did you know that at one point, Chinese men and Black women were some of the highest rates of interracial marriage in America? Really? Yes. According to this Wikipedia article, (laughs) that was the case, like, in the 1880s, I think it said. Nowadays, though, are those are two of the least married groups in the United States, like Just Asian men and black perioded. women.
1: Not not period. to each other, and then not, not at all.
0: Yeah, not at all. Like Asian men and black women are two of the least married groups, and specifically also to each other. Hmm. Which for very if you look at the history of Asian people in America and miscegenation and anti-Asian laws, and and of course, anti-Black history of America. Uh, There's a whole lot to discover and research there about why Asian men and Black women might be two of the least married demographics, especially to each other. But at one point, they were one of the highest. They were marrying each other a lot. But anyway, Mm. the hills, at a time when interracial marriage wasn't as prevalent as it is now, were an interracial couple. Uh, Barney Hill was a Black man. Betty Hill was a white woman.
1: I thought it was the other way around.
0: No, it was not. It was not. If these were two, like, Black people or two white people, they would have just been normal, you know? Like, nothing extraordinary about them, which makes their story of an alien abduction even more extraordinary. As Betty and Barney entered their home, they were overtaken by strange urges. They both felt the need to shower. Barney had the inexplicable urge to check his genitals. Betty had, at first, threw out the dress she was wearing, now in tatters, but then decided to hang it back in the closet. They found it difficult to sleep even after a long and peculiar night out on the road. They couldn't account for their missing time, their watches both having stopped and seeming to be beyond repair, the tears in Betty's dress, and the scuff on Barney's shoes, and the binocular strap, which was now broken. While they recalled parts of the evening, other parts would blur as they tried to focus on the missing details. The next day, September 21st, Betty called the area Air Force Base to report the sighting of a UFO. After an interview with the local authority, Betty's claim was written off as a misidentification of the planet Jupiter. Uh, About a week later, Betty would reach out to a retired Marine Corps major named Donald E. Kehoe, who was also the head of NICAP, which is a civilian UFO research group, after reading his book on UFOs. This led to a lengthy interview with a NICAP representative. And while Barney stated having a, quote unquote, mental block, he was able to recall some details about a spacecraft and somehow, or I should say, quote, somehow not human, end quote, beings. The result of the interview led to NICAP to surmise that they were telling the truth and the incident properly occurred exactly as reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observations where human judgment was involved. About two weeks after their close encounter Betty began having vivid and strange dreams. The dreams only lasted about five nights, and in November, Betty Betty decided to write down the details. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock, and men surrounded their car. She lost consciousness, but struggled to regain it. She then realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest in the nighttime. And after seeing Barney walking behind her, though when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance of sleepwalking, the men stood about five to five feet, four inches tall, and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, Prominent noses and bluish lips. Their skin was a grayish color. In the dreams, Betty, Barney, and the men walked up a ramp into a disc-shaped craft of metallic uh, of a metallic appearance. Once inside, Barney and Betty were separated. She protested and was told by a man called, quote, the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer and she and Barney were then taken to separate rooms. Betty then dreamt that a new man, similar to the others, entered to conduct her exam with the leader. Betty called this new man, quote, the examiner and said he had a pleasant, calm manner. Though the leader and the examiner spoke to her in English, the examiner's command of English seemed imperfect, and she had difficulty understanding him. The examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note the differences between humans and the craft's occupants. He seated her on a chair, and a bright light was shown on her. The man cut off a lock of Betty's hair, He examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. He saved trimmings from her fingernails. After examining her legs and feet, the man used a dull knife to scrape some of her skin onto what resembled cellophane. He then tested her nervous system, and he thrust a needle about four to five inches long, into her navel, which caused Betty agonizing pain. Whereupon the leader waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. The examiner left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with the quote leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols and the leader said she could take it home with her. She also asked where he came from, and he pulled down an instructional map dotted with stars. In Betty's dream, the men began escorting the hills from the ship when a disagreement broke out. The leader then informed Betty that she couldn't keep the book, stating that they had decided that the other men did not want her to even remember the encounter. Betty, insists in, Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her memory, she would one day recall the events. She and Barney were taken to their car, where the leader suggested they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did so, then resumed their drive. Wow. Over the next year or so, the Hills would sporadically speak to a few more experts at NICAP, and people with the Air Force and with friends about what they experienced. But it wasn't until March 1963 that they technically went to public. So, a little bit of some events to follow. On March, and a lot of my research right now is coming from Wikipedia, to be honest. So, I used Wikipedia and the history... Well, it's the History Channel, but the history.com website Mm -hmm. for most of my article information here. On March 3rd, 1963, the Hills discussed the UFO encounter with a group at their church. On September 7th of 63, Air Force Captain Sweat, S-W-E-T-T, gave a lecture on hypnosis to a meeting at the Hills Unitarian Church. And after the lecture, the Hills told him that Barney was seeing a psychiatrist whom he liked and trusted. And the captain suggested that Barney asked Stevens about the use of, of hypnosis in the case about the abduction. When Barney next met with Stevens, he asked about hypnosis. And Stevens referred the Hills to a man named Benjamin Simon of Boston. On November 3rd, 1963, the Hills spoke before an amateur UFO study group, uh, the two-state UFO study group, in Quincy Center, Massachusetts. Then, on December 14th, 1963, the Hills met Benjamin Simon. And early on in their discussion, Simon determined that the UFO the UFO encounter was causing Barney a lot of anxiety. Now, Simon, the person who would be moving forward with their hypnosis treatment, did not at all believe that the extra, extraterrestrial, he didn't believe they would have been abducted at all. Mm-hmm. It was impossible. And it just seemed like, although it seemed obvious to him that the Hills thought they had encountered aliens, that it was just not at all true. So... Simon went into the hypnosis of the Hills, just hoping to uncover more about their experiences. Now, we have heard a bit about Betty and the dreams she documented that she had. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to look at Barney's admissions under hypnosis. Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing in the dirt road. The car stalled and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them, he was still anxious, however, he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. While, hypnoti- while hypnotized, Barney said, quote, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Barney then described the beings as being generally similar to the same that Betty described in her dream recollection. Um, the beings often stared into his eyes With terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under the hypnosis, Barney said things like, quote, Oh, those eyes. They're there in my brain. And I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine. And I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. And all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just close to me, pressing against my eyes. End quote. Barney related that he and Betty were taken onto the disc-shaped craft where they were separated. He was escorted into a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. And unlike Betty, Barney's narrative of narrative of the exam was less detailed as he continued to keep his eyes as he continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam a cup-like device was placed over his genitals barney surmised that this was a sperm sample being taken the man scraped his skin and peered into his eyes ears and mouth the thin tube or cylinder or a thin tube or some cylinder was inserted into his anus and quickly removed. Someone felt his spine and seemed to be counting his vertebrae. Betty reported a conversation with the leader that she understood in English. Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language, but he did not understand it. Yet, he did actually also understand them in English. Betty also mentioned the same details. Both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the beings' mouths moving when they communicated in English with them. Barney recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. Barney remembered a light appearing on the road, and he said, Oh, not again. He recalled Betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon, though the moon had set several hours earlier. He also stated that he attempted to produce the code-like buzzing sounds, which seemed to strike the car's trunk a second time by driving from side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle his attempt was unsuccessful. So after these hypnosis sessions, the Hills pretty much went back to their regular lives. They were willing to always discuss their UFO encounter with friends, family, or whatever UFO researcher they came across, but they didn't really seem to be like out for publicity. However, on October 25th, Nineteen sixty-five. Now, granted, this is like four years after their initial encounter that they reported.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A front-page story in the Boston Traveler asked, "Quote: UF Chiller, UFO Chiller, did they seize couple?" <laughs> it's like such a what is that um, worldwide tablet? news?
1: Yeah. We're all right
0: news. (laughs) (laughs) Did they see this couple headline? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know what the Boston traveler is. It might be a tabloid, but the reporter, John Luttrell of the traveler had allegedly been given an audio tape about the, about um, an audio tape of a recording of a lecture that the Hills made in the Quincy center in 1963. Latrell also learned that the hills had undergone undergone Jesus Christ. I should not read while I'm drinking. Uh, Latrell had <laughs> uh, learned that the hills had undergone hypnosis with Simon. Uh, he also obtained notes, allegedly, from the confidential interviews that the hills had given to UFO investigators. Both at NICAP and at the Air Force Base. On October 26, United Press International picked up Latrell's story and the Hills earned international attention. Now, in 1966, a writer called John G. Fuller secured the cooperation of the Hills and Simon, who was the hypnotist, and wrote a book called The Interrupted Journey about their experiences. The book included a copy of the star map that Betty described seeing. The book was a quick success and went through several printings. Later in life, Betty claimed to have seen UFOs a number of times after her initial abduction, and she kind of became a celebrity in the UFO community. Barney Hill, unfortunately, died of a cerebral hemorrhage in February of 1969 at age 46. Betty Hill died of cancer in 2004 at age 85, having never remarried after Barney's death. And that is the story of Betty and Barney Hill. And wow. at least the first very, very popular retelling or, or or account of an alien abduction. To be clear, like alien abductions had been, they weren't new at this point right. when The Hills came out. There had been stories of alien abductions. There had even been... Movies or TV shows that featured alien beings or an alien abduction of some sort. Mm-hmm. And that kind of plays into whether or not Betty and Barney were telling the truth or mm. part of an elaborate hoax. That was
1: my <laughs> <laughs> I, and and I only question it because there's so much that is very progressive about the story. Already, mm. that feels like it, it, it. The whole thing feels like a lie. It's so progressive. Like, really? How, like, how do you mean? Like, I just mean like the nature of the relationship and the, you know, especially with. I mean, unfortunately, yes. Especially because she was white and he was a black guy. Um, they're part of a Unitarian church. Mm. I mean, that's pretty different for the early 1960s.
0: Um, I will say, however, the Unitarian um, Church has a big history of being involved in civil rights movements. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they yeah. do. So yeah. so it's not too surprising that an interracial couple in the 60s would choose an a Unitarian or Universalist.
1: What's so funny is like this whole story has nothing to do with them being an interracial couple. I think that's probably (laughs) just throwing me for a loop. Like, and then they went to a hypnotist. (laughs) It's just like so many normal, abnormal, like them being an interracial couple is the least interesting thing about the story. Mm. So, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe it happened. Uh, maybe I, I mean what, what
0: I don't know I don't know well, so I think so I had you ever heard like their full story before I
1: heard about them being a just like the footnotes like it was an interracial couple driving and then they blacked out and ended up at home and they didn't know how they got there and they thought aliens were involved mm, okay
0: yeah there's I I kind of had that same cursory knowledge of like them being this couple who were the first couple to encounter aliens or talk about an alien abduction specifically not necessarily an encounter but an abduction um, I think the the reasons why you seem to think it's so progressive and unbelievable are the same reasons why I seem to think that it's more real <laughs> Because, I mean, you have this couple, The like Barney at the time would have been like 39, 40. Betty would have been 42, I think 43. What? They, they were members of their community. Like they were known in their community. They worked for like the civil rights movement. They were this interracial couple when... Interracial marriage miscegenation laws still existed. Like, I just don't see a reason why they would put themselves willingly under this kind of scrutiny. That's true. To make up this story of, of all things, alien abduction. Like, if you want to get in the newspapers, I feel like there were so many other, possibly better ways that wouldn't necessarily be detrimental to your reputation. Right. I mean, like Barney worked at the postal office. Betty was a social worker. Like these people had a life worth losing, I guess. Yeah. Because if you think about an alien abduction, people are going to kind of be like, okay, they're a bunch of wackos. Like why? Like blah, 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 blah. So why would this seemingly very normal couple both jump on this, we've been abducted by aliens claim. I can see maybe Betty or or like one of them, you know, not to be, let's not be sexist here. I can see one of them saying, I think we were abducted by aliens this night when we got lost on the back roads of, you know, the White Mountains or whatever. Right. Let's say there was aliens, you know, come along with, I can't see both of them just for so many years, willingly going on with this story when, even though they kind of became famous for it, Mm -hmm. there was like a four-year gap in which they really didn't seek fame. So to carry that on from like 1961 to 1965... That's a real long game if you ask me. If it's a hoax, that is a hell of a long game, right there.
1: <laughs> it's a long like, game. I mean, unless you like unless
0: in 1965 you're like, "Hey, let's make up this story," but then I feel like if you're talking to people at the Air Force base in 63, there's a record of that, you know? So again, that's a 2-year long game if nothing else, like Right. Yeah. That's the only thing to me that makes it like seem like not as much As a a, a hoax or as, like, just to put that much time and energy in the 60s when you have better shit to do. Yeah. Because you're part of the civil rights movement. You're an interracial couple. Why would you put this on your list of things to do?
1: I feel like, yeah. um, When I look at it in that perspective of, like, yeah, I mean if we're driving down the road at night and it's not the clan that's after us and it's aliens Mm. and we make it home, like, yeah, they probably wouldn't have put themselves out there like that to be ridiculed, especially for something like aliens, you know, y'all already have like all this shit against you in the first place. Right.
0: Right. And let's not be like naive, even though they weren't necessarily living in the South. Mm. Let's not be naive oh, of to think not. that racism did not exist. No,
1: no, 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 no. The northern states. No, they had just
0: as much to lose.
1: Everything to lose. Yeah, they had and everything to lose. I guess they yeah. had to. They had too much to lose to to make this up. Now the details might be, you know, details are what they are. But yeah, they definitely um, they had too much to lose.
0: So there is an entire there is so much to this story. So I mentioned the star map. The star map is like a completely, it's a, it's a whole podcast on its own, like whole podcast episode. There's a star map that Betty said she saw while in the spaceship. Oh, it's called like the um, Zeta Reticuli. I think it's called, I can't think of the name right now. I saw it earlier. And it's this placement of constellations, and there was this teacher somewhere who did this whole mapping against the current sky, or based on what Betty drawn, she matched it to the sky for that night to try to figure out like where the the spacecraft would have been, what uh, galaxy or planet cluster this alien ship might have come from. It's this whole thing is this whole other? Yeah. Attachment to this uh, story. There's a podcast I listened to some months ago called Strange Arrivals. Hmm. And I would recommend that if you want to learn more about the Betty and Barney Hill encounter, this is like a six to seven episode podcast that it digs into it like Hmm. deep. It goes from their initial contact to the people who were trying to debunk it. It has interviews with relatives of Betty and Barney. I don't believe they had any children. So I think it's like interviews with their nieces and nephews. It's Strange Arrivals. It's by Grim and Mild, which I think is the guy who does lore. I think that's his company. Oh, okay. Uh, Aaron Mankey. Yeah. Yeah. I think Barney in the end kind of tried to distance himself. Like he was like, all right, well, maybe this didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. Hypnosis is very highly debated as whether or not you're mining real memories or if it's all suggestive memories. The fact that these were Betty's dreams that she was interpreting. This is, there's a lot of things to try to discredit them. And I think Barney tried to distance, him, distance himself at the end, whereas, uh, I'm sorry, Barney tried to distance himself in the end, whereas Betty was like, probably a little more into the attention. She loved being part of the FO community from what they say. But I, I don't know, that's, is that three to four year gap? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if they say they experienced this, in six, again, they couldn't be lying. I don't know. It's a whole lot to consider. It, it is. But it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like they ran to the press the moment this happened. She
1: called the... Who did she
0: call when she, when she first she saw them? She called, like, an, a local Air Force base.
1: So I feel like for her to have called the Air Force base mm-hmm. rather than being, like let me go to the local newspaper or something like that and make Mm. a big town-wide spectacle of it. Like, that feels a little more like, she definitely, she clearly saw something in the sky that she thought was a threat. So let Mm. me go call the people who are supposed to be watching the sky. (laughs) Right, right, right. Just in case it's like, you know, it's the 60s. It could be a bomb. It could be anything. So let me just, you know, the fact that, They got home and had all these weird urges and stuff and that made them, uh, led them to believe that it was an alien encounter. That's the part where I, I mean, (laughs) not that that I don't, not that I don't believe them. (laughs) I just wonder, I don't know. I feel like I would have to know a little bit more. So where were they coming from?
0: So they had gone to I believe they had gone to Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh they they had been according to what I read, both on history.com and Wikipedia, this was kind of like an impromptu trip that they took. They had been working really hard. I think they said like Barney had to commute 60 minutes to work every day. Then how, they were how, how old were they? They were in their forties basically. Okay. Like at the time this happened, Barney was about 39 or 40. Okay. And Betty would have been forty-two, forty-three years old, I think. I tried to do the math earlier on how old they would be. So <laughs> I mean, these weren't like young kids. They were middle-aged I mean, people.
1: They're not not even middle-aged.
0: You right. know, they're f-
1: 40 was still. It's old, I feel but like it's not forties
0: and the sixties was a little old. Yeah.
1: It's a little old, but you're, you're an, an adult. You're an adult, but it depends on the company you keep. And it's also the sixties, which leads but you're me also like
0: working for the NAACP. Okay. Like you're, but you're a mature individual. I feel like you, you have a, a head on your shoulders. The NAACP has done
1: a lot to make themselves look very good for a very long time. And I understand <laughs> that. And I'm sure Uh that they are. And I will Uh negate anything that they've done. Nothing. But (laughs) my question becomes, romantic trip to Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. Was there any acid tripping going on (laughs) on this romantic trip to Niagara Falls?
0: So according to their story which was uh, documented, I believe, in the book that I mentioned. Uh, What is that book? Um, The Interrupted Journey. So based on their interviews and this book, they had taken this trip upstate at uh, kind of like as a whim, Mm -hmm. according to them. So much so that they only left with $70 in their pocket, I think is what the article on Wikipedia said. So this wasn't like them making this big planned trip. They were like, hey, we have some free time. Exactly. A long weekend, perhaps. Let's let's okay. go up to Niagara Falls. We'll, we'll have a little mini honeymoon because we didn't take a proper honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And so when they're driving back home, they stop at this diner and they're like, you know, we should be home in about three to four hours. They didn't make it home until seven to eight hours later, allegedly because of this missing time of their alien abduction.
1: I just my whole thing is like, first of all, this whole conversation where they're like, we should be home in three hours.
0: <laughs> like But you do that. Like when you're planning a trip. They did right? plan the trip. Well, but like you still know, like, okay, we are we're it's three hours to get into Niagara Falls from where we live, right? okay, well, now we're at this coffee shop. It's 10 o'clock. We should be home by 1, 2 in the morning, right? Like, just because you know how time and distance works, uh, right? Okay, all right. Like, I'm planning, I'm planning to move. That. Day one, I plan for it to take six to seven hours. Day two, I plan for it to take six to seven hours. If it takes 15 hours as opposed to 14 hours, or it takes 10 hours as opposed to 12 hours or whatever, that's manageable right like that's expected if i'm planning for 12 hours and it takes 20 hours <laughs> there has been a problem in my planning or something the fuck else has happened in okay. the meantime okay 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 All and according s- to them there was no explainable mechanical issue it's like they saw this light they stopped to take out their binoculars and examine what this light might be. And the next thing they know, they're back in their car driving home. It's now dawn, whereas it should have been only maybe 1 o'clock, 2 a.m. at latest.
1: Mm-hmm. But now
0: it's dawn. They're both covered in dirt. Ba- Betty's dress is ripped at the zipper, and the the Strange Arrivals podcast explains it better than I did, but she's it's like the rip at the zipper makes it seem like someone didn't know how to work a zipper. Mm-hmm. You know, like imagine if you didn't know how a zipper worked and you were trying to take a dress or a zippered garment off of someone. Yeah, you you would probably rip rip it or break the zipper or fumble around to damage right. it. Right. And then there was a rip at the hem. Then Barney's shoes, I don't know if I mentioned this, like Barney's shoes were scuffed up. Barney was known to be a very meticulous, clean person, shined his shoes daily, if not weekly, right? For him to have scuffs all over his shoes, he wouldn't carelessly walk through a field, walk through an area where he's going to mess up his kicks, right? Mm -hmm. So to arrive home, our our shoes are messed up your dress is messed up both of our watches have stopped working and like i get like back then you had to usually wind a watch like some of the nicer watches you had to wind manually they couldn't get their watches to work again so let's say they had a nice manually wound watch their watches weren't working anymore and uh, allegedly never worked again according to the story they never worked again so, I mean... I, I'll I give you...
1: Okay, I'll give you the watches, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the watches. That's very... That's very suspicious.
0: You know, UFOologist, which is apparently a thing. Uh, I'll wait, UFOologist. Listen to ology. You should ask Allie to do an ologies episode on UFO.
1: Dude, I should look up and see if she's done one.
0: <laughs> if uh, Allie Ward's done an ology episode on UFOologist. Um because missing time is a big thing in UFO abductions. Like it's one o'clock, next thing you know, it's five o'clock. Where'd the time go? Well, you were abducted by aliens.
1: Well, should, wouldn't we all love to use that excuse?
0: Yeah. But- I guess for me, I don't see what they would have to gain by making this up. Like they did do some well, news articles. They did do an, a TV appearance There was a movie made starring James Earl Jones, but it's not said Uh that they get any royalties or anything from this movie. The most notoriety they get is within, like, you know, they have their brief 15 minutes of fame, and then Betty gets to talk to a bunch of UFO groups for the rest of her life. That's about the only notoriety and fame that they seem to get. Okay. So to me, it's not worth it to, like, potentially blow your life up. I've... get so little.
1: I've moved on from the they're lying theory. Okay. And I've moved towards the they were on drugs theory.
0: What? <laughs> because, no, because what about these people tell you or suggest that they were on drugs? In their 40s, no kids.
1: Let's take a, let's do something crazy. We're just going to go up to Niagara Falls, Seven, whatever money's in our pocket. We're going to go up there We've never done LSD. Like I've heard that it's pretty like what if we tried it? Like what if we did this together? Like we got a long weekend. We'll be somewhere beautiful. They said we should probably be somewhere beautiful. Let's go to Niagara Falls. We'll just like make a weekend of it and then we'll come home and, you know, it'll be all be fine. And maybe they were tripping balls for a weekend <laughs> and then they come home and they don't understand why is my dress ripped? Why are my shoes dirty? Now, the watches <laughs> I can't explain, but I don't feel like it's out of the question. It, it's, and it's still not a lie. Maybe I saw something in the sky. I called, you know, the Air Force people because I felt weird and I remember seeing something in the sky. So I called, I'm coming down. I'm not high anymore. Like, I'm coming down. I can make this phone call and report something that I feel like I saw. But, like, when I saw it, I was not in my right mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's out of the question that these, four, these early 40-somethings who have probably, you know, you know, they're already. You
0: okay, know, I, need, I need you to look at a picture of Betty and Barney Hill. All right, I'm going to
1: Google it right now.
0: Google a picture of Betty and Barney what see you're doing... See if, let's see if these are people who look like they would do drugs. What on you're way, doing on is your
1: dr- you're judging books by their covers, right this now. This is
0: true. I am. But it's also the 60s, and they are in their late 30s, early 40s. Like, Sweet. even though they are progressive to a point, I don't know that they are, like, free balling LSD or whatever on a whim. <laughs> I don't...
1: i I don't see it
0: happening i just don't see it happening i just saw the picture they are very straight laced looking they are straight
1: laced looking
0: i i maybe some weed i don't see them doing anything stronger than weed
1: even on weed if you don't smoke it often and then you smoke it i told you what happened to me the first time i know
0: but i know what happened to me the first time i got fucking period shit i don't I didn't see aliens, though. I just thought I was going to kill my family, Hmm. um, which is different. I don't know, man. I just feel like, okay,
1: maybe they weren't, like, maybe it wasn't LSD. I (laughs) I feel like I can't rule out drugs. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I, I mean, I just feel like... I'm looking at a, what, they look straight laced because this guy's got a tie on? Man. But they
0: also just look like very boring people. Like if someone told me.
1: I don't know. I'm if, looking
0: if at someone, Betty. If one showed me a picture of Betty and Barney Hill. Here's which what is I'll the say. Picture that, the picture that shows up when you Google Betty and Barney Hill, which is yeah. like the Wikipedia photo, right? If you told me these two people said they encountered aliens, I'd be like, no, they didn't. Like, those aren't people who encounter, like, I expect some hippies, a farmer, maybe some redneck in the backwoods. I don't expect these people to be coming to me with a story of alien abduction. Here's what I'll say. Betty, I'm not so sure about. I'll give you that.
1: Barney, (laughs) I can understand. And and for the fact that you said that he is the one that distanced himself over time, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, maybe maybe this is, you know, maybe we need to just this has gone far enough. I can
0: can, can agree Betty might have been a bored housewife who needed something to do, and Barney might have indulged. Something like LSD? Well, something like making up a, not maybe drugs, but making up an alien I
1: think something like drugs!
0: Okay. (laughs) I guess it gets down to, let me ask you this. Do you believe in aliens or extraterrestrial life? (sighs) Hmm. Hmm. There it is.
1: (laughs) Aliens. Dang, it's so hard to just, like, answer that question. And, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because... Does it even matter? You know? Does it matter yeah. whether I believe in them or not? You know? I'm not... I, if they exist, then they're a speck like I'm a speck, and it doesn't matter. But...
0: Okay. I guess. I mean... I'd like to think of aliens as bigger... In or- the
1: sense that we try to, like, fashion them in this...
0: way that okay. we feel I mean, like... Well, Okay, so let's... Here's the thing. Aliens, like I mentioned early in the story, aliens as we know them, pop culturally, like the big heads, the big eyes, the small features of the nose and the mouth, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: part of that came from Betty and Barney's description of their abductors. So let's take that away. Do you believe there may be life on other planets and or galaxies? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, so what extent do you believe that these are intelligent life forms?
1: I believe that they must be intelligent life forms just because if you're if you understand the vastness of the known universe mm-hmm. it's I feel like it 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 could be, and there's no explanation like. Is it copies of? Is everything a copy, and it's all copies of everything else? Like there's this whole other
0: galaxy. Like
1: yeah, just yeah. multiple galaxies with the same. You know they've got a sun, and this one has a sun, and then they've or got H- their planets
0: like in the like the comic books universe, like multiple Earths. You have, but we just like can't version of you on a different Earth. In the same way that you can't
1: access somebody in. Switzerland every day, you know, mm-hmm. but there are people in Switzerland. <laughs> okay, know. yeah, yeah. Um, but people didn't know that, you know, you didn't know that for a long time until you knew that there was something that was called Switzerland, <laughs> right? right? Right. So right. maybe we never access it. It's too far. It's too impossible. But it's there, and there are life forms that okay. are just as advanced, if not more, than us.
0: Okay. Do you believe these life forms have the ability to travel to Earth? (laughs)
1: Um, well, I don't know why they would, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I guess not because I feel like not to, you know, I don't want to conflate our species here on this planet that, you know,
0: is so small. It's so small. Have you seen that, like, that, like, widen of the, yeah. of the, well, it's <laughs> is why I have a desire to go into space and you don't. <laughs> I will die here on the blue <laughs> planet. <laughs> And I want to be like Sandra Bullock in Gravity and figure out what the Sandra fuck Sandra
1: Bullock didn't even know what she was doing in space. Just flailing she around survived. screaming.
0: She, she wasn't screaming. She survived.
1: She was screaming. You couldn't hear her because it was space, but she was screaming.
0: <laughs> she seemed very composed in most of that movie. George Clooney died. Well, at- of course.
1: Why would you even send George Clooney to space? But that's a whole other. What I'm saying is if, if, if they could get here, if we, I just I don't like I said, I was about to say I don't want to like conflate us. But it seems as though why can't we get there? You know, why would they be able to get to us if we can't get to them?
0: Because they're better than we are. Then they should
1: have, so then why haven't, so where are they? If they could get here, why are, where have they been?
0: Have you seen us? I said, I don't know why they would come, but. Yeah, so there's your answer. Like, yeah, that's also the answer. I feel like they know we would kill them with bombs and therefore they avoid us because. We wouldn't, they're not worried
1: about our bombs. They, 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 they're not.
0: What I like to equate it to is the classic movie, Mars Attacks. Love it. Love that movie. Love that movie. I feel like that's exactly what would happen and probably should happen. And again, we would just, you know, find a way to defeat them all with bad country um, hill music. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Tam Greer would save us all, but <laughs> I mean, I I, I don't know, man. I want to be it's so hard to be like, whoa, you're freaking me out. Please don't do that
0: again. <laughs> oh my God. Why are you so good at that? <laughs> that sounds exactly like it. I really, really liked that movie. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! We will isolate that. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Really good. I'm, I'm glad that's the one accent I can do.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wanna I wa- I
0: wish I could be like. Oh, hey, human so beings you are, are amazing. You are an ex- you weren't an X-Files fan, you didn't. No, want
1: to I believe. I I liked the I didn't want to believe.
0: No. <laughs> I liked Mulder in them. Mm-hmm. But M- uh, Mulder in them.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Mulder. But like, where is what okay, you know, I loved Alex Mac just like everybody else, but <laughs> I've never seen anybody turn into goo. <laughs>
0: but but faith is the absence of sight faith is the
1: absence of sight
0: um maybe you should watch this movie of their story with james earl jones in it and (laughs) (laughs) you'll be a believer i'm looking at a still from that movie and it is so weird
1: (laughs) i mean buddy and barney maybe weren't like you know, oh I see that still. This is so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mask of these quote unquote aliens is so so bad. Oh, 1970s. If they're episode.
1: if they're out there, I've seen some very good, you know, if they're out there, what are they gonna do? You know, what what can we do for them? What can they do for us? Mm. And if if the answer to both those questions is nothing, does it even matter?
0: Why does it matter? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think I don't know, maybe you might benefit from the Strange Arrivals podcast if you're interested in learning more, because I think it does a good job of of explaining their encounter while also presenting the reasons why their encounter might be bullshit. (laughs) So it's like, it gives you kind of that truth versus skeptic viewpoint. Right. And it has interviews, like I said, with their nieces or nephews. I think it's one of their nieces who's open about talking about it and some other people who are considered experts in the field. I just, I guess, I don't... What what do you believe, Camille? What do you believe... I, I mean, I think I like you there, there is, there's no way there can't be intelligent life on another planet, if not in our galaxy in another galaxy. When you look at the vastness of what space is, it is both terrifying and intriguing to me to think that we are nothing in compared in comparison to the vastness of all of space oh, what we know of space cuz that's the thing like this is all that we can this is only what we've been able to discover thus far it's like the ocean we only know what like 70% of what the ocean contains maybe at that mm-hmm. so For me, it would be arrogant to believe that we are the only intelligent organisms in the entirety of the galaxy. Now, we have allegedly been able to travel into space. (laughs) If you (laughs) Uh listen, if you want to believe the moon landing happened or not is your own business. I don't, I'm not a flat earther. I believe the moon landing happened. Okay. I'm not trying to start that conversation. I'm just trying to be inclusive of everyone. If you believe we are capable of traveling into space, we have only gotten so far at this point, right? It's possible that other species, other planets, other life forms have only been able to get as far as we've gotten. It may be that they've been able to get further, but because of the vastness of space, they've just not been able to make it here yet. I think my belief in extraterrestrials, uh, specifically aliens, is just like, and I'm not typically an optimist, but like that, that optimism of like anything is possible. Whether or not another species or creature wants to come here. I mean, stay away. We're a mess. We're a hot ass mess. I get it. No if help you, us. <laughs> yeah. Like I was about to say, if you can help us out though, please, <laughs> I will welcome my new overlords. If you can give us all like universal health care and no debt, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> if you can give us a better life, please come save us.
1: There was a time for, for aliens. Right, mm. they had they had a moment, and I feel like they they come back and maybe they have a moment again. They haven't had a moment in a while.
0: Yeah, but it's like we always talk about like ghosts. Ghosts never seem to be like from after the nineteen.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like Things 1920s. Are, like,
0: yeah, there are no you, modern ghosts.
1: There aren't any, and I think it's like we are trapped in reality now. Mm. in so many ways (laughs) I was just telling my friend the other day I'm like Twitter is the accounts of like the president and all these people running for Congress and stuff like that they're protected accounts they can't be deleted because Mm -hmm. anything they say is like archival right right because they're um Legislators and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know that we should know that the president <laughs> is drunk. I don't know that we should know that. I don't know that I should know the inner workings of these people's thoughts. No one ever has. No one walking the, like, no one, no other people have ever known this much about anyone. So, like, <laughs> we're just trapped right here so we can't think about afterlife anymore ghosts (laughs) we can't think about aliens like either you're coming or you're not so i think they had their moment so yeah Mm -hmm. i would think it it especially if you bring it up now it's like you'd be more ostracized and i would assume then too even though it's more interesting in the 60s and it's more interesting when something like roswell's on and stuff
0: like that but i loved roswell so much you seem like you did i love jason there it's
1: it's interesting when you know the x files is on they have their moments but then there hasn't been a
0: alien show has there well roswell had a reboot called roswell new mexico i haven't seen it but i think i did hear about that again I,
1: I i'm i'm not i'm not putting it in the hoax category but i'm not taking it out of the drugs category do they, talk <laughs> about that? Do, they do they ever like explore if that
0: could have been a possibility or are they just completely you know? uh it never came up in anything i've heard and i'm really surprised about that i feel like that a Uh, A late 30s, early 40s couples were experimenting with drugs. You guys want to assume a lot of it was the 60s. I just
1: feel like it's not, it it would be presumptuous to assume that that was not a possibility at all.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think that, like, especially LSD, that's something you got to work your way into. I think, no, you don't. People do. But here's the thing with the amount of scrutiny that they've come under to this point, I think that if they had some involvement in d- drug culture, we would know about it.
1: Maybe they never did it again.
0: Where would they have one time gotten LSD they on their in, vacation? They weren't too far from New York. They were in uh Niagara Falls. <sighs> I guess. I just I'm just I saying
1: felt- I feel like For for people to call it a hoax before they call it a drug trip, is is silly to me because it's same thing. No, it's not the same thing because if they were high on acid, they did they saw something that they really (laughs) believe that they saw. That's that's where the wholeheartedness of it comes from. That's where the I am I'm not doing it for notoriety. I really believe that I saw something in the sky. We came home, we had dirt all over our clothes. You don't know, I mean, maybe they were running around in the woods all night. You don't know, they don't know. And then got in their car and drove home and then took a, crashed, woke up and forgot how they got there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's explored in that other podcast. Again, the possibilities of why they lost time, how they lost time, how things might've gotten broken or their clothes might've gotten ripped. So, I mean, you're not, your theory is not, out of the realm of possibility. I know that I, it isn't. I've never, I've never heard or seen drugs be presented as a, a theory, though. Like, I've and, heard. And the fact that that's true,
1: that it's never been presented as a theory, I think I- is strange. And I'm glad Booz <laughs> is the first people, we're the first, to say that maybe they were high. And I don't understand how it takes you from all the way from the 60s to now. to to think that that might have been true like come on just because they're 40 and they work at the NAACP I don't
0: I I just feel like that's a reputation you got to keep your reputation straight if you're like it was a quick getaway
1: nobody even know we're gonna tell anybody we're running up to Niagara Falls you're gonna get a little crazy (laughs) and come home
0: okay (laughs) And it was all Betty's idea. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what is your opinion on hypnosis? Now that I've never actually believed. I would okay. be honest.
1: Okay. I'm not, sh- I, one, I've never seen anyone be hypnotized. So mm-hmm. I don't, I can't, but um I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure that I could say that that is, uh, that I could just take that for what it is. That's one of those things I feel like I would have to experience it to believe it.
0: Yeah. Okay. What about you? I'm apt to believe the same as what you said. I have never done it. I think that it's possible I think what I've heard about hypnosis has been more so towards repressed memories or the, um, the discovery of repressed memories, Mm -hmm. specifically in victims of abuse and sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and how faulty that recollection could be because you are potentially in a state of highly suggestiveness so if I'm putting you under a quote unquote trance or hypnotic state, I can potentially ask leading questions that bring about false memories. I do. Uh, well, I'll say hypnosis in the very like polarized sense Um Oh, like now you're a chicken. Act like a chicken when I yeah, step my Yeah, like, like that uh, kind of um, fantastical, yeah. yeah, magic show type is of.
1: very, um, you know, that and and I would have to look into sort of the the actual because I'm sure I I will say I do think that like you're saying people suppress things all the time and your memories always change. Like you're never remembering anything exactly the way it happened. And you're remembering the last time you remembered it technically. Yeah. And it always changes each time you have to recall it again. So just little, little bitty details of it over time always change. So I do think that there are people who are probably trained. I mean, I think this is part of, Psych, you know, psychiatry and psychology is probably trained to be able to like, like think of your mind as like all these doors that the right thing opens the right door. And then you mm-hmm. recall all of this stuff that you didn't even know was back there because you just blocked it away. I don't want to, you know, and I don't ever have to come back to that, but the right, you know, pathway, I'm asking the right question that brings you to something else that brings you to something else that brings me to that door that you didn't want to open. Mm-hmm. And now it's got to open cause you know, it's there.
0: Right. So
1: I do think that is possible if that's like, but I don't think you have to be in a trance for that. You know, I think that's a matter mm. of, um, understanding how to help someone recall things that they don't want to recall. like understanding how to, break past some of the, some of the, um some of the stuff that I think people just like commonly with any kind of trauma, just build up and put in front of them, you know, put yeah. in front of that door of whatever it is you don't want to go to. Yeah. The mental blocks. Yeah. They know what to say to you, what to ask you, ask you. And I don't know that it's like, I'm not trying to, it's not about putting a, something in your head, So you Mm -hmm. give it
0: back to me. It's about like you just telling me what you see. Do you think like there's the ability to be put in such a relaxed state that makes that more. Yeah. That makes you more susceptible because that's kind of what hypnosis I think is supposed to be like it's supposed to put you in this like. Like you said, trance-like state, not necessarily so that you're open to suggestion, but that you're able to get I, past your own mental blocks.
1: I think that the the trance-like state is the ability. It's that um, bringing out that vulnerability, just mm-hmm. bringing out that, that uh, you choosing to expose yourself because I've... Um, for whatever reason, maybe I brought up something that you that made you feel instantly comfortable with saying all of this. People do it all the time. People who never talk, and then you say one thing to them, and now you know everything.
0: I do that all the time. <laughs> and, and I, those
1: things, like I feel like <laughs> there's there's like a study, there's an art to that.
0: Like it's just, called. Giving me whiskey. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes. The or answer. asking the right question at the right moment.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I feel like, yeah, there's a relaxed, safe state that people can go in with other people and um, an energy that makes you more willing to, you know, and then I think even if have you ever like found yourself midway through Talking about this shit and going, Oh no. Oh yeah. All here the co- time. Whoa, All I didn't want the- I didn't want to get this deep. I don't want to go that far. But that's why we- like
0: <laughs> that's why I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of times in the middle of a story or at the end of a story or conversation, I'd be like, I don't know why I just told you that, or I don't remember what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Or I don't remember what the point of that story was. I say that so often that it is disturbing that yeah. I just tend to go off on tangents that Clearly I should be talking to a professional so that this stops happening to my friends and loved ones. Ah, uh, no, no. Like, oh, hello, person on the bus that I just told this deeply personal information to. I'm so <laughs> glad you listened. I shouldn't have said any of that. I'm going to go now. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think there's something to like a new perspective from a new person that makes it easier for you to mm. um, show more of your cards cuz sometimes yeah. it's just about getting it out anyway.
0: Yeah. And, and you're like I'm
1: never going to see
0: this person again. And Yeah.
1: Life. Yeah, but like at least they helped you open that door. So maybe it gets a little bit easier now that I can I can do that. I know I did it with a stranger, you know, but there it is. Now I, you know, now I gotta think about that a little bit. I can't just like push that back again. Hypnosis, maybe I don't want to call it that, but mm. there there are ways to get things out of people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have ways of making you talk. If someone if someone was like, I'm gonna put you, would you be willing to go under quote unquote hypnosis? <sighs> I feel like if you felt <laughs> like all conditions being safe and amenable.
1: All conditions being safe and amenable. And if it's if if my
0: skepticism doesn't my extreme skepticism doesn't like. like just being willing to try i'm not like whether or not you're susceptible is different uh, from you're yeah trying. i i just wonder if that's gonna
1: create a blockage but
0: yeah well yeah I mean, that's what they say like they say like if you're a severe skeptic if you're not susceptible it's going to be more difficult if not impossible but if but, you're i was just kind of thinking about like your willingness to even like attempt
1: yeah i would try it i would try it and If you're saying like they say, the the skepticism blocks it, then in my mind, I go, well, the people who are coming to have this done, who want it to work, want Mm. to release something anyway. They already want it to release something. They don't always, everybody doesn't go to the same place. Everybody doesn't go to therapy. Some people go to church. Some people go to the hypnotist, but you already want to release something from you. Right, right, right. So that's that desire's already there. They're not doing yeah, I'm not saying they're not doing anything, but you're ready to to let this go.
0: Unburdened, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I that. Yeah. Well, that's the story of Betty and Barney Hill. And there is <laughs> Betty and Barney's uh trip to White Castle. <laughs> wild, wild <ride>. <laughs> <laughs> Betty and Barney. What is it called? <laughs> Harold and Kumar. No. What is that called? Go to White Castle. <laughs> oh, I, okay. yeah. I love that movie. I think I own that movie. You own that, was real, that movie? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I own Harold and... Listen, John Cho is my husband. I'm just going to put that out there. I know he's married to whomever his wife is. I am so in love with John Cho. He's perfect. I love him very, very much. So... Noted. Yes. So, <laughs> anyway, back to the to the point of this story. Um. Yeah. So, Betty, Betty and Barney and... Rubble. Rubble. <laughs> Just kidding. Hill. It's Hill. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill, the first internationally or uh, at least U.S. wide known story of an alien abduction. Hats off to them, whether it was true or not. Whether they, they were high or not. Whether they are high or not, they now live in infamy. And, you know, pretty pretty cool shit for an interracial couple in the 1960s, I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty dope. Anyway, I guess that's the end yes. of today's episode. And if you would like to, please share the podcast with a friend and or enemy, a frenemy even. Leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts that does help us get more visibility amongst listeners. So we would deeply appreciate that. And uh, it's the holiday season. Have you done any Christmas shopping, Sydney? (laughs) I'm going to take that as a no. But guess what? We have merchandise that you can buy and give to your friends and family.
1: We sure do. I'm going to buy some and uh, give them to my friends and <laughs> family.
0: You can get a booze t-shirt. You can get a booze hoodie. You can get a boozed coffee mug. You can get a brown liquor lady coffee mug. And you can also get a nice tote bag that has a blood splatter all over it and our logo. So, you know, that's fun to carry around at the holidays.
1: (laughs) Something that looks
0: like carrying a murder kit in it. Um, (laughs) And all of that can be found at boozedpod.com, our new website, which also has some blogging and all of the places you can listen and rate and subscribe. the hand motions. Magic (laughs) fingers. I'm making magic fingers here. (laughs) Yes, that no one else can see but you. Uh, And possibly Patreon patrons. (laughs) Speaking of, you should support us on Patreon (laughs) if you can. Oh, I just made my glasses all smudgy. Damn it. Um, (laughs) With all my magic fingers. Uh, (laughs) Don't do spirit fingers or magic fingers close to your glasses. You're going to smudge them. Don't touch your face.
1: We're still in a pandemic.
0: (laughs) I I touch my face constantly. Cut it out. I wash my hands. It's fine. I am here alone most days. Wash so. those fingies. Watch your fingies uh, and use your fingies to go to patreon.com slash If you would like to support the show, we have multiple levels starting at $2 and you get some extra content. You might be able to see a video of this very episode if I ever decide to upload it. And Sydney, where can the people find you on the internet? Well, I'm still
1: at Sid underscore n underscore play on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't.
0: No, don't do I, it. Everyone all. leave Facebook. I just, just try it. to it's fine.
1: get away from there. Um,
0: Zuckerberg's the devil.
1: Instagram is losing its mind. Twitter is following well, slowly, so I might mm. you, we might be you know we might all need to take a step back from social media. But you should definitely like, subscribe, leave us a, a nice note uh, wherever you get your
0: podcasts. <laughs> yes, I, unsubscribe from all of Mark Zuckerberg's platforms, which would yes. be the biggest two, uh, Facebook and Instagram. But before you do that, you should like our. <laughs> you should subscribe and follow us on both of those platforms yes. at Boost Pod. Uh, we're there on Twitter. We're there on Instagram. We're there on Facebook, even though we don't really post on Facebook. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram, mostly Instagram, though. Where can uh, the people find you, Camille? The people can find me at the Camille Monet across all platforms except for tiktok i am too old for that shit um again you can find Boozed pod on all platforms at boozed pod even that does have a tiktok it's not much there but we do have a tiktok for the podcast we also have a reddit page for the podcast and yes that is it for us this week Please be safe this holiday season, going into Thanksgiving this week. Oh, it is actually Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving episode. I forgot. Oh wow! Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. everybody! <laughs> or not if you don't believe in celebrating. Happy Again, Turkey Day! Happy stuffing your face day! Happy and eating day! Happy eating day. That's the only reason we recognize this bullshit holiday is because we like to stuff our faces full of food. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, please respect and give honor to the indigenous cultures on whose unceded land you are sitting on.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't be like the pilgrims and pass off your diseases, please no. mask up. If you're planning on being with your family, plan on trying to do it outside and mm-hmm. socially distant. Um, Cause it's, It's getting worse. I know everybody stopped watching the news, but I can assure you it's not gone anywhere. And you don't want to you don't want to walk this into your your grandparents' homes
0: or your parents' homes. So, no, what's really egregious is I've noticed like commercials no longer have people wearing masks in them. And commercials are no longer even mentioning the fact that we're in pandemic. Whereas like six months ago, it was like, we're in this together. Stay and home. And here's the commercial we're- with the mask. Yeah. Or a bunch of commercials from the fucking CDC were playing all the time. Now it's like zero. Nope. So people, take care of yourselves. Be smart. Take care of one another. Wear a goddamn mask. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boozed. Our theme was composed by Vincent Parrish. Sound production is done by Sydney Johnson. You can find us on social media at Boost Pod. That's B-O-O-S-E-D Pod. If you would like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash Boozed Pod to make a contribution. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, get boosted.